you are now about to experience the Revive Effect. My name is Matt Celestio, entrepreneur and holistic health specialist. And if you're ready to start your health journey but don't know where to begin, you are in the right place. At Revive, we create better ways of living for our generation by changing the conversation around health. Each episode shows you exactly how to build health into your life and you'll unlock tactics to improve your sleep, nutrition, anxiety, self-talk, and mind. Break free from quick fix culture. It's time you learn to love your body and ignite the fire that makes you feel like the real you again. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Okay, welcome back to yet another episode of the Revive Effect podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Matt Celestio. As always, do we have a heater of an episode lined up for you today? Now, at Revive, I have really been just shifting my energy and awareness uh, around this conversation of health uh, into the many different forms it has, you know, besides the nutrition, besides the fitness. I've really become aware of the impact our lives around us has and affects our energy and our motivation and happiness much more than food and exercise. Granted, these things still are important, but neglecting the other aspects of health that we're going to talk about today, it's like trying to build a puzzle with half of the pieces missing. It can't be done. It's very difficult to build a well-rounded, healthy, fulfilled life if we're so tunnel-visioned into one thing or even just a few very specific things. I've been through periods of eating properly, hitting the gym, getting enough sleep, yet I still didn't feel quite like myself, like something was missing. You ever get those days where you just feel and life feels just kind of blah? You know, maybe you hit the gym in the morning, you put your eight hours in at your workplace, you drive home, you make dinner, and then your day is pretty much over. Then you look at the time and you realize, holy crap, the day is done. What was the point of today? It seemed purposeless and now I got to go to bed and I got to do it all over again five days a week. Now, why does life feel this way? What do you think the problem is? My dad once sent me this post relating to happiness a long time ago and as him and I were having this conversation at our dinner table yesterday, he pulled it out again as a beautiful reminder and I'm going to read it for you now. Now, the the title of the post is called Most People Are Like Robots, and the post reads as this. Millions of people never analyze themselves. Mentally, they are mechanical products of their factory of their environment, preoccupied with breakfast, lunch, and dinner, working and sleeping, and going here and there to be entertained. They don't know what or why they are seeking, nor why they never realize complete happiness and lasting satisfaction. By evading self-analysis, people go on being robots, conditioned by their environments, and true self-analysis is the greatest art of progress. Now, we're so on autopilot, going through our days on endless amounts of mindlessness and monotony. We're tuned out to the very world around us every single day. You know, I actually just released this incredible episode on breaking free from quick fix culture and tuning into your body. I had an incredible guest. Her name was Alexia Mosca. I encourage you to just go back wherever you're listening to this too and check out that extra addition to that episode and to this episode. It's just above this one. But relating back to this concept of happiness and mindlessly racing through our days, through our life, it prompted me to ask this one question. Where do we find happiness? Where do we find happiness? Now, as we dive into today's episode, you need to understand this one critical concept as it relates to happiness. Happiness is not a state in which you arrive at. 
Happiness is a work ethic that requires constant investment, constant nourishment, and constant effort. I don't believe a lot of us think money, jewelry, that promotion, getting the girl, or those exotic trips will make us happy. But I believe most of us think that these material things will make it easier for us to be happy. Still, this is a false reality that we buy into. Now, I want you to think about happiness like this, okay? You need to go to the gym on a regular basis to get fit. You need to consistently eat better to get healthy. You need to get enough sleep to stay energized. The same way in which you make the time, effort, and investment to maintain your health, you need to do the exact same with happiness. Without investing, nourishing, or putting in effort to maintain your happiness, it's the equivalent of skipping the gym, eating processed food, staying up late, and then you start asking yourself, you know, where's all my progress going? It's pretty easy to see. We need to start investing in our happiness. We need to build our work ethic around maintaining happiness, and there is one powerful way that we can do that. And the answer lies in a remote part of Japan that houses the longest living people in the world. Okay, not only do these people live a life of robust health and usefulness, even in their older age, but they attribute one key of their lifestyle that fuels their longevity. And it's a key that I was missing this week, and it's a key that you might be missing or even neglecting today. So let's dive into it. For a long time, I've been obsessed with the Japanese culture. They always just seem to hold such an incredible way of life, from the way they eat, to the diversity of their cuisine, to their spiritual and Zen practices, their practically, their practically non-existent obesity rates. But there's one thing that really sticks out for me, and that is their blue zone in Okinawa, Japan. Now, Okinawa is located in the islands at the southern end of Japan and has historically been known for its longevity, once called, get this, the land of immortals. Okinawans, they have less cancer, less heart disease, obesity, and dementia than other Americans, and the women that live on that island live eight years on average longer than any other woman on the planet. So not only are they living longer than the rest of the world, but they're living better. Their lives are centered around things including the concept of ikigai, which is a powerful sense of purpose, they follow a predominantly plant-based, healthy diet, daily activeness in the sunshine, their gardens, and there's so much more. But one particular part of their longevity traditions, a key of their lifestyle, if you will, and it relates to the, our episode today of happiness, it's the key that we spoke about in the intro that you might be missing or neglecting today. Now, I read an article on bluezones.com. It was called Moai this tradition of why the Okinawan people live longer and better. It highlights the very key that we need to invest, nourish, and maintain to make sure that we have lasting happiness. So what is Moai? M-O-A-I. What is Moai? And Moai are social support groups that start in childhood and extend all the way into their hundreds of years of age. Okay, It's a close circle of friends who support and encourage each other through life. And in small neighborhoods across Okinawa, friends meet for that common purpose. Sometimes daily, even a couple days a week, they gossip, they experience life, they share advice, a little financial assistance when needed. And these Okinawans, the Japanese, they call these groups their moai. Now traditionally, groups about five young children, they're either paired together by their parents. And it's then that they made a commitment to each other for life. Essentially, these people are their second family. They frequently meet with each other to work, play, and pool resources. 
And it's really crazy because some of these Moais, they've even lasted upwards of 90 years. Imagine having a friend for 90 years. How do you not get sick of them? Great question. That's a topic for another day. But in this same article from thebluezones.com, they actually interviewed a resident of Okinawa. And she stated, it isn't just about the gossip and the chatter. It's deep support and respect for each other. Each member knows that her friends can count on her as much as she can count on her friends. If you get sick or a spouse dies or if you run out of money, we know that someone will step in and help. It's much easier to go through life knowing there is a safety net. Now, I want you to think about the times where you've experienced the most fun, support, and happiness in your life. What were you doing? Where were you? And most importantly, who was there alongside you? I'm willing to bet money the experience you were thinking about involved a family member, close friends, or even a combination of both. Now, I'm very grateful to be recording this episode today because after just a long week of social isolation that I've personally experienced, I was able to see my longtime friend, Muhib, someone who is part of my personal Moai. You see, I spend tons of time by myself. I work out by myself. I work by myself. I read by myself. Most of the times I'm eating meals by myself. Now, this is fine, mind you. I enjoy periods of solitude. Don't get me wrong. But I do that and enjoy solitude, providing it's in balance with a really great social life. Now, all week, this week particularly, I've hit the gym every day. I've eaten three healthy meals a day. I walk, I read, I sleep seven hours a night. Yet for some reason, I still felt dead. I felt so drained and just unfulfilled. I was doing everything right, yet I'm feeling this lifeless energy all week long. Now, this was until I hung out with my friend Mahib today. And when he left, I, I felt this surge of energy, elevation, and mood. I even felt more alive in the company of my family that I see every day. Now, when I was with Mahib today, we laughed, we had deep conversations, we even planned the next podcast episode we were going to do. I felt fully alive. Now, with this example, I didn't have to chug coffee, I didn't have to run 10 kilometers to get some dopamine hits, and I didn't even need to have a good night's sleep to feel rejuvenated. All I had to do was spend time with my moai. That's the power behind this Japanese philosophy, and I experienced it firsthand. Another real-life example that I personally felt the benefits of my moai is when I used to work in a kitchen. Okay, 8 to 10 hours a day, I'm on my feet, I'm sweating in a kitchen with no AC during the July months, I'm scrubbing gunk off dinner plates, I'm throwing out garbage four times a day, yet I, when I look back at that job, I always reminisce with happiness, laughter, and enthusiasm. And it begs the question, why? That sounds like an awful job, Matt. And the answer was that the people that worked with me in that kitchen, they made my experience something I wouldn't trade for the world. Sure, the job sucked. It sucked. It really did. But my days were always filled with cracking jokes, funny stories. We were goofing around with the guys and even our post-work drinks that we would all gather for. These people in the kitchen at that time in my life was my Mawai. They made my happiness soar in a place where the work was not fun at all. Now, let's get into some science because I like to nerd out a little bit. I like to reinforce what I'm saying for you. So not only is this concept of Moai one of the keys to happiness, there is legitimate science to back it up. Now, there's a 1979 study published in the American Journal of Epidemiology, and they followed a random sample of 6,900 adults. My apologies there. 6,928 adults in California and they followed up with them nine years le- later 
measuring their rate of mortality, their rate of death, okay? Their findings showed that people who lacked social and community ties were more likely to die in the follow-up period than those with more extensive contacts. Are you kidding me? More likely to die in the follow-up period. Are you listening to that? Now, the association between social ties and mortality was found, get this, to be independent of self-reported physical health, year of death, socioeconomic status, and health practices such as smoking, alcoholic beverage consumption, obesity, physical activity, and the use of preventative health services, as well as the cumulative amount of health practices. So not only is your social support system, your Mawai, a key to your happiness, it's the key to a healthier, more positive, better life. Now, where do you start? How can you not only create your own Moai, but strengthen and solidify it? It's so easy for us to get focused on our work or our romantic partner and daily distractions that we slowly isolate ourselves from our once thriving social circle. Now, in these next sections, we're going to explore how to elevate, nourish, and invest in your happiness through building and strengthening your Moai. There's two ways you can build and strengthen your Moai in order to tap into your happiness. Now, the first one is time and experiences. And the second is presence and energy. Now, right now, we're going to look at the first, which is how you spend your time and experiences and their effect on your happiness. I like to take this concept of time and experience through the lens of romantic relationships because it's very clear to see and feel the effect of it. If you look at why couples suddenly start falling into boredom two years into the relationship, they might start asking, you know, where's that spark we had before? Why don't we have that same dynamic? Where's that lightness and those energizing feelings that I had at the beginning? Again, every relationship is different and you and your partner may have very valid reasons for feeling like this, whether it's a toxic or unhealthy relationship, okay? But in a relationship where there are no pressing external factors putting a strain on your relationship, the answer really does lie sometimes in how you are spending your time and experiences together. At the beginning of your relationship, think about it. You're going on dates. You're learning new things about each other. You're trying new restaurants. You're going to mini putt, trying new cafes. You're exploring the city. There is this abundance of new experiences that allow you to deepen your connection. You make new memories and honestly, just have fun. But as you continue within your relationship, that comfort starts to set in. Oh, you know, just come over. We'll watch Netflix. Ah, Let's just stay in tonight. We can hang out. You know, let's just relax all Saturday. It's a little too cold outside. So do you see what's what's happening here? Do you see this contrast? At the beginning, we're filling our time with experiences, exploration, discovery, and connection. But as we progress, we stop growing together. We stop experiencing together. We stop connecting together. We're disengaged in our routines. We're not nurturing our moai. This concept of time and experiences relates not only to our partners, but more importantly to our friends as well our personal Moai. Now, I want to give you another great example. When I was uh, in my fourth year of university, I did an exchange program where five of us actually went out to Portugal. Now, four of us lived together. We were all in the same building and we were having these really, really great times together. Okay. We were in a different country. We didn't know anybody. We had no idea how to get around. We barely knew the language, but we knew each other. And mind you, 
I met these, these, most of these people when I was leaving for exchange. I had no prior contact before we left rather than a quick introduction at the school. And that was it. But as we got there, we moved in, we went through some struggles and hardships. We had such a diversity of experiences. We tried new restaurants. We went to new countries. We met so many great people. We're trying all these new activities. And from that, it really, really strengthened our bond. And it really expedited the connection and the friendship building that may have taken years to foster. And the big thing I want to take away from that example, especially in Portugal, is that we had a diversity of experiences. Now, diversity is a reoccurring pattern that I've seen not only in my life in the research, but in terms of our health. There is so many ways that diversity of your microbiome can improve your health. There is so many ways that a diversity of movements can support all the different aspects of your body. And the a diversity in the content that you can consume, whether it's educating you, inspiring you, and entertaining you. Diversity is a key that keeps showing up. So as we're on this topic of time and experiences, we, we want to make sure that we are having a diverse range of experiences with our Moai. Don't just go to dinner every time. Don't just watch a movie every time. Mix it up. Try something new and experience with your Moai in places where you're both or you're all vulnerable. You have no idea what's going on. So you rely on each other to make it through this experience. Or there's even a time where you're all lost as can be. Yeah, you're all laughing together because the experience is just so funny and you can't believe how dumb you guys are. And it's just, it's this moment of connection and depth that is truly unmatched. And I, I see this in one couple in particular that I know. They are so strong. They, the way that they communicate and the way that they are with each other, you can see there is this level of depth to their relationship. And I believe one of the biggest factors is that they are always out and about doing something. Yes, they chill. Yes, they watch their, t t their TV. But whenever I hear them, I go, what's new with you guys? Oh, you know, we just did snowboarding in Blue Mountain. Oh, we're going to go try out this adult arcade or this active place. And they're doing all these really unique things. And I believe that's one of the ways that they're connecting. They're having new experiences together. They're really bonding in a way that's raw and vulnerable and authentic. And again, back to what I said about the guys in Portugal that I went with. We tried new places, new foods. We had only each other to rely on. And even to this day, not a time goes by where we hang out without hearing the words, hey, remember when we were in Lisbon and we reminisce? Why life gets boring, unmotivating, stagnant, uninspiring, and why we feel unhappy could be the fact that we are really just forgetting to live life, live through new experiences, new places, new people, and our people on a regular basis. I like to label this concept of new experiences and strengthening your moai as social investment. Don't view the price of things like as money leaving your account, okay? Every concert ticket, every dinner, every trip is you adding an investment into the relationship. Each new experience you and your moai share together is another contribution to your investment. The same way you put money aside in a savings account to feel the financial safety and security, social investment into your personal moai is what you need to feel a sense of belonging, vitality, and happiness. So now it begs the question, how are you going to spend your time experiencing your life with your moai, okay? How are you going to invest?
Now, I know you're listening thinking, Matt, I got to be rich to do what you just said and go out and do all the things and spend so much time with my friends and family. And I hear you loud and clear, okay? I'm an advocate for going out and exploring. But I also know sometimes the budget's saying otherwise, which is why we're diving into this section, the second way you can build and strengthen your Moai in order to tap into your happiness. And this one is about your energy and presence. To reiterate, we spoke about the first way, which is time and experiences. We just covered that section. And now we're diving into the second, energy and presence. Now, I believe energy and presence are the most important things you need to embody to strengthen your moai, to double down on your social investment. And this is because, yes, you can be spending a bunch of time having a bunch of new experiences together. But depending on your energy, focus, attention, and presence that you bring to those experiences, it can truly make it or break it. I have friends that I never text. I see them once a week, yet I consider them as close as my family. I tell them anything, they tell me anything, and our time together is filled with such positivity, depth, and true connection. And why? Because we're giving our full presence and energy during our time together. So often we equate time spent together with, you know, strong connection. Presence and energy, this is what I want you to understand, okay? Presence and energy trumps any amount of time you spend with people. Yeah, you can spend six hours with your girlfriend, but if you're watching TV, scrolling your phone, and having disinteresting surface-level conversation, the amount of time you spend together is an irrelevant part of the equation, an irrelevant factor when it comes to strengthening and deepening your relationships. Conversely, though, if you were to spend even just one hour, one hour with them fully engaged, attentive, and giving your full energy to that one person, I guarantee your connection will not only be stronger, but it will feel deeper, more fulfilling, and happier. And the beauty of energy and presence in this concept is that it costs you absolutely nothing, yet it yields such spectacular results. You don't need a fancy trip or expensive dinners or crazy elaborate nights out. You only need yourself and each other. That's it. Now, let me give you an example of what the heck I mean by using your energy and presence to invest in, create, and nourish your moai. We so often feel that we know everything we need to know about our partners, our family, our friends, and we think they always tell us everything. We think we know everything about them. Now, this may be what it looks like on the surface, but it always goes much deeper. As humans, we're constantly evolving, we're learning, growing, and changing, whether through our minds, beliefs, outlooks on life, our insecurities, fears, and everything in life that throws at us, okay? It's our personal experience of it. With this presence and energy, though, you're able to tap into the truly authentic, vulnerable, and whole version of your people, the ones closest to you. But sadly, with our day and age of distraction, hyperstimulation, overwhelm, we forget to check in with our moai on these very things, the things that aren't so surface level, that aren't simply the day-to-day conversations. We forget to dig a little deeper into the people right in front of us. So imagine this scenario between you and your best friend talking. You're, you're in a car, you're listening to the radio when your friend says, wow, I used to love this song so much, I forgot about this one. Rather than doing what we normally do and replying on autopilot from a disengaged place and taking what they say at face value, don't say, oh, cool, and move on. 
uncover the layers to the story and invest your energy and presence into that conversation to learn something you might not know about them. As you follow up, why? How come this song means something to you? You actually discover they would sing the song with a grandparent when they were a child and it made them feel happiness by reminding them of their grandparent. From there, you can discover what their grandparent was like, how their relationship was, what do they miss most about them. And as you can see, the more energy and presence you're bringing to your conversation, it uncovers deeper layers of vulnerability and authenticity that really helps strengthen your social investment, connection, and relationship. You're, you might just be discovering something new about your partner that you've never heard about. And now you're going to hold a different perspective and respect for their life and the way that they're viewing their experiences. Now, as you can see in this scenario, there was no need to spend money. There was no need to go on an expensive trip or plan an elaborate, expensive night on the town. It was just you and one of the members of your Mawai taking an everyday drive. It's an incredibly simple way of connection, yet it yields such powerful results. I invite you right now to think of your simplest and favorite moments with the people in your lives, where you felt truly connected, present, engaged, and energized in their company. Maybe it's having a beer with your dad in the backyard after a day of work. Maybe it's watching your regular Thursday night show with your family. How about just ordering food at your friend's place on a Friday night and talking together all night long? Some of my favorite personal experiences with my Moai consist of weekly tea nights and vinyl with one of my close friends. Another example is playing vintage video games with my friends that I've grown up with since I was five. My buddies Julian, Liam, and I, we would hang out by the pool every Wednesday in the summer and just kick back and have fun. And another fond example I have is sitting in the backyard after a summertime hockey game with my family and just drinking ice caps, listening to music. These all fill my soul and bring me so much happiness, and they cost me no money whatsoever. And did you notice one thing about all the experiences that I've said and maybe the experiences that you've just thought about yourself? They all have one thing in common. They involve people. They all involve Moai. Now, I'm going to wrap up this episode with a quote from my favorite all-time book, The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma. And it's a quote I try to keep in the back of my mind when I ponder this concept of happiness. And the quote reads like this. Reminiscing, it wasn't the luxurious trips to exotic places I most recalled, nor was it the most beautiful meals at the world's best restaurants. My mind recalled the simplest and most apparently ordinary everyday moments. Life's finest treasures live in its simplest moments. Oof, Robin always giving us some good wisdom. Thank you, Robin, for that. Sending you good energy. Now, as you walk away from this episode, I want you to answer this question to create your intention starting today, moving forward. What time and experiences can you create together with your Moai? And how can you change the energy and presence that you bring to your Moai? Just watch how your health, life, and happiness can elevate in the snap of your fingers.